Welcome to Gritty Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. And this is the 100th episode of Green and Gold Forever. I can't believe that we're up to that many already. And we were going to have some clips from the past and talk about some of that stuff, but then I realized not only would that be incredibly difficult in an audio format, but my least favorite thing in the world is clip shows for 100th episodes. (laughs) So we're not going to do that, but Matt, uh, seeing that we don't have a game to talk about immediately, um, I I just think it's kind of crazy that we're at 100 episodes. This is the middle of the fourth season that we've done, and we started right after 2011 when the Packers had just had a 15-1 and season and had one of their most disappointing playoff losses ever when they got crushed by the Giants at home. But it's weird to see this the track this team has taken in that time where they went from really being the class of the league and then in one Sunday losing it and then building all the way back up to where they're once again the class of the league. They've never fallen from the elite level, but it's it's much brighter the future than it was in 2012 in my opinion. Yeah, it sure seems that way, and it probably has a lot to do with the demise of the 49ers and the seeming demise of the Seahawks as well, because I think we've been pretty consistent with the product we're putting on the field. There's just been a couple of teams that were better than they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've found a way to, well, at least this year, they found a way to beat that team, and so we'll see what happens going forward, but... One of the things I wanted to uh, bring up, and if I was going to get any clips out, I'm sure there's tons of times where we're wrong about stuff and a, a bunch of times when we're right about stuff but two of my favorite predictions that we ever made on this show one was my favorite prediction that I made and it wasn't really a serious one but after the 2012 season we were discussing the first round of the playoffs that year and I talked about how Baltimore had lost like five of their last six games and I mockingly said with the way that they're playing I'm sure they'll win the Super Bowl and then they did yeah, and, we, I remember that. We had, like, written them off completely because they looked so bad. And then, of course, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and who would have predicted that Joe Flacco would turn into Joe Montana and play like that? Yeah, like the best three years of his whole career is <laughs> still average today. Yeah, exactly. And then the one that was the most prophetic probably thing that has been said on this entire history of this podcast is we were asked by one of the Facebook commenters, if the Packers lost in Seattle in the NFC Championship game last season, would we be okay with that? Would we still consider that a successful season? And you said, I think this was two or three weeks before the actual NFC Championship game when the playoffs seedings were locked in, and you said, I say that now that it would be a success, but I know something would happen in that game, and I would instantly hate this season forever. Which was probably the most prophetic thing we've said on this show. That's exactly what happened, yeah. The last season sucks now after that one. <laughs> and it was 50 times worse than even you feared. In yeah, that. I, nobody could imagine that. It was like a string of five of the things I was expecting in a row that happened. Yeah, exactly. And one small tiny tidbit, our two most downloaded shows ever were The Fail Mary and The Collapse in Seattle. So apparently at Seattle equals big ratings for us. Yeah, people just need to kind of have somebody else complain about it and listen to that, I guess, when when things go really, really wrong, just a way to kind of let out some frustration. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to this show and supported it. It's really awesome that uh, we get so much support, and it's it's continuing to grow and uh, just – I guess I hope you'll stick around with us for however many more episodes we have. So thank you. 
All right, let's talk about the Packers. They're coming out of the bye week. A very big game coming up against the Denver Broncos that I haven't watched much sports television uh, since this weekend, and so I don't know how much they've been hyping this, but I assume it's quite a bit. Um, It's going to be a weird game, and really two teams that are kind of mirrors of each other right now. They're one point apart as far as points allowed. The Packers actually leapfrogged to number one without playing this weekend, uh, allowing one fewer point than Minnesota or the Broncos. So they're number one in scoring defense. Broncos are number two. And they both have really good quarterbacks on offenses that aren't quite playing as good as we thought they would. So weird game coming up, but uh, gosh, I I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm really excited. Yeah, it should be a really good game. And, you know, we have a, a quarterback who's playing a lot better than Peyton probably is right now, but they've got a defense that's playing a lot better than ours right now. So it'll be it's one of those interesting games where it's kind of to see who wins. You don't really like the matchup of Rodgers against Von Miller in that defense, but but still, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to like their chances. And maybe we'll we'll get our predictions later, but it should be a really good game. Yeah, and maybe you don't like Peyton Manning against that slew of pass rushers that have emerged for the Packers either. You know, for as much as people are saying that he might be able to recreate what Philip Rivers has or did two weeks ago, the fact is he's not going to be able to move in the pocket like Philip Rivers is. I I wouldn't think, and he hasn't been as accurate as Philip Rivers was a couple of Sundays ago so far this year. He's been throwing behind guys and throwing lame duck passes. I'm sure he's still got it in there somewhere that he can dust off if he really needs it. Yeah, but you know. It, I'm worried that he's going to do what he did in the Kansas City game, where if it's close enough at the end that he'll be able to pull it out. But potentially, if the Packers offense with Adams back and Mike McCarthy saying that Eddie Lacy is finally healthy, that if Peyton plays that poorly in the beginning and the Packers offense comes on, maybe they can bury him a little bit. Yeah, you you would think if you get a couple of touchdowns early, you're in a pretty good spot. Their run game's been awful, and Peyton has looked bad, like you said. They still have some weapons, but... They've really let a lot go. I mean, you've got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and that's about it. You yeah. kind of look at when they were really good a couple of years ago. You don't have Julius Thomas. You don't have Wes Welker. Your your running backs have been not Terrible. playing so well. Yeah, yeah. they're thirtieth in yards bad. per attempt right now in rushing. Yeah, I think they're th- yeah they're thirtieth in the NFL in rushing. The offensive line has been able to protect paint or run block. So mm-hmm. if you can get a couple of touchdowns ahead of them early on, you think you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and. Denver's defense has been playing great, and I know one of the narratives that Packer fans have been talking about when they're concerned about getting too excited about the 6-0 Packers start is saying how badly or how bad the teams are that the Packers have beaten. Well, here are the offensive juggernauts that this great Denver defense has shut down. Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit, Minnesota, Oakland, Cleveland. So Yeah, so a lot of kind of not terrible offenses, maybe other than Cleveland, but a lot of middle-of-the-road teams, so they haven't really played anybody yet. Yeah, so I think both of these teams are looking to kind of see where they're at against one another. So I thought this last weekend was just terrible for games. I, yeah, I, I was, was so bored. <laughs> yeah, luckily I had to drive a lot of the day Sunday, and it turns out that I didn't miss a whole lot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you you had kind of your birthday celebration and whatnot. You missed Bart Houston tearing it up for the for the uh, Badgers on Saturday. I, I did get to see a little bit of that one and heard a little bit on the radio, but uh, it was awesome to see Stave out and see somebody play kind of well. I saw I saw he threw like two touchdown passes, didn't he? Yeah, he threw two really bad interceptions too. But oh, okay, uh, whatever. I don't I I don't want the Badgers to go to the Big Ten title game. I think they're going to get crushed and it'll kill the program if they get murdered sixty to nothing in another big game. So mm-hmm. I hope they just go to the Outback Bowl and nobody notices or sure. something like that. But anyways, um. 
So you were driving. Did you attempt to watch the Jaguars-Bills streaming game at all? I did not, uh, but I did kind of hear about some of the the false numbers that they reported from that. I, I didn't get a chance to see any of it. I kind of forgot it was on Yahoo streaming by the time I thought about it. I was like, I, I don't really want to watch Bills Jags anyways. So. <laughs> what were some of the false numbers? I guess I didn't see that story. Yeah, so apparently uh, the NFL had reported that 31 million people tuned into it, which obviously just hearing that number, you're like, that's not right. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out it was just over 1 million. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they, they had reported that, like, everybody that clicked onto Yahoo that morning, their homepage was listed as a viewer in their number, so they were kind of inflating uh, the numbers uh, a little bit to make it seem like it was a big deal. Well, yeah, because it like was a, like a Facebook video, I think, where it auto-played as soon as you opened up Yahoo, so you yeah, had no choice exactly, but to yeah. be a viewer. Yeah. So if you logged in to check your email that morning, you were a viewer of the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then you count as a big-time committed NFL fan. I didn't watch the whole game, but I tested it because I was very curious about the streaming. And on my Apple TV, it was awesome. It worked really well. I have a smart TV in my basement, and it worked really well on that as well. The thing that was disappointing, and I, I don't know if it's because it was with Yahoo, but if you tried to watch it on your phone or your tablet, and then there was no option to Chromecast it with a Google Chromecast to your TV, and you could do it with a only – I didn't try it on a laptop, but you could Chromecast with a desktop computer, but it was lagged a lot, it buffered a lot, it didn't look very good. And so I'm sure this this is the first one they'll fix some of those issues. I always make fun of the NFL's commercials where they show the people who love football so much that they're looking at their phone in the line at the grocery store rather than being at home watching the games. But – I'm starting to come along around to the idea of the NFL having a streaming service or doing more streaming because this past year I bought the MLB.tv for the last two months of the season and it was awesome. It was so fun to just pick up your Apple TV remote and you could literally watch any game. The streaming looked great. It was super fast to load, almost no buffer issues. And if NFL Sunday Ticket became that and was no longer exclusive to DirecTV, that would be amazing. Yeah, so you said the streaming in the video was pretty good. I mean, it's probably not going to be like HDTV, but it was was it fairly comparable? It looked as good as my cable box on the Apple TV and on the smart oh, TV. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I wish I would have tried it. I'm sure they'll do it some more here, but I, I wish I would have had a chance to see that. Yeah, and I think probably what they're trying to do is they're doing these things, and what leads to them to lie about the numbers is they want more leverage when that next TV contract comes up, I think. Sure. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, and I I know it was 8.30 in the morning, and it was Bills and Jaguars, so, you know, a million's probably a bit of a disappointment, but that's a lot to ask of somebody to see that product on the field, right. which it actually turned out to be a halfway decent game, but, you know, who really cares on... Well, when you think about the million, too, you think about all the people, not only that, you know, probably people under 30 or under 35, <laughs> maybe, that have the need to go on and use technology to watch a streaming video and figure out how to use it. Mm -hmm. And then also people, those people have to get up early enough to watch it and it's bills and jigs. So maybe a million is kind of an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, they were looking for the crossing of two markets that maybe wasn't there. So the, yeah, they should have had it start at like 10 PM or something like that. Yeah. You have the tech savvy people, but they're probably hung over from the night before. So they're not going to be able to come and watch the game. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Gosh, there was so little interesting action from this past weekend. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Oh, gosh, even the Sunday Night Football game was terrible. 
Yeah, um, I mean, the Monday night game was was okay. At least it had a, sort of an exciting finish. That was really the only game I saw start, start to finish uh, with Joe Flacco throwing a pick at the end. But and I hardly I guess, watched that one at all. <laughs> yeah, he didn't miss a whole lot. I guess other than that, no, I didn't. I didn't come away with too much from this last weekend. Uh, what about the Vikings? Are we afraid of them yet? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think much of Detroit either. So I, I think they're kind of what we maybe thought they were going to be coming into the season. You know, pretty good, probably around seven, nine, eight, and eight. I think they still are that team. They're they're a team with, that's a threat to beat you, and maybe they steal one from the Packers in Minnesota this year. They're maybe mm-hmm. good enough to do that, but I don't think they're a legitimate contender. Yeah, I don't think anybody looked particularly good this weekend. The Chargers got destroyed by the Raiders. Uh, that was interesting. The, the Patriots, though, lost a little bit of their invincibility, and the Jets are better than I thought they were. That was the game I probably watched the closest. Yeah, I think the Jets are pretty good, and we I think we might have talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but everybody was saying who out of these three teams is the best, the Dolphins, Bills, Jets. And I think we both thought that you know it's probably Dolphins, Bills, Jets, but really close in that order, and it seems like it's flopped from that. But mm-hmm. uh, they look pretty good. They're a complete team, and Fitzpatrick's playing well enough to keep them in their games. Their defense is pretty good. Yeah. Although that kind of was, wasn't that the formula of the Bills when Fitzpatrick was there and then it always came flying apart at the end of yeah, the year? Yeah, I was thinking about that this last weekend because that game reminded me exactly of that Bills-Patriots game early in that year too. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing happened as the Bills came out to a convincing start. Everybody was like, oh man, here come the Bills. And I think they ended up losing that game too. And uh, it, mm-hmm. it seems yeah, like a very similar thing. I think the AFC is so weak the Jets will probably get into the playoffs and maybe make a little bit of noise, but I, I still don't think they're better than probably five or six of the NFC teams. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. I'll be curious to see how New England does against Miami this weekend. Or, I mean, I'm uh, tomorrow, actually. Yep, tomorrow. So Dan Campbell apparently is motivating those guys because they're crushing teams right now, although te- the Texans are so terrible. I, I just... Yeah, it's, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> they might be the worst in the NFL. I still hope that the Colts win that division with an 0-10 record outside of the division. Yes, that would be awesome. Good 6-10 and division winner. Yeah, that, that has to happen. But, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the Thursday night game tomorrow night. I think that could be good. Miami's on the upswing, and New England looks really good. But we might be finally seeing the Dolphin team that a lot of people, and you especially, yeah. expected to see this year. They're they're talented enough, and now they maybe have the motivation they were lacking before. Yeah, all of my credibility depends on them being able to beat New England right. and, and keep going uh, into the playoffs. So it's in Foxborough, so I doubt Miami is going to win it. But we'll see how far they can push them. So the Patriots have the Dolphins at home, then the Redskins at home, then at the Giants, then the Bills at home. So, gosh, they're going to be 10-0 and 0 easily, I think. And then after they play Denver, they play home to Philadelphia, at Houston, home to the Titans, at the Jets, at the Dolphins. Wow. That's like a, <laughs> that's like a Boise State schedule right now. Well, and the thing is, is that for a lot of teams, that might sound like an average schedule, but you just look at how much better they seem than all those teams right now. I mean... A couple of those teams can compete, but they're not the Patriots. So if they're going to lose, they're going to basically not show up that day or somebody's going to be hurt. Yeah, they're going to have to have Brady play really poorly. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Eventually, you got to think somebody's going to be able to put pressure on Brady. But he, all those passes are so short. I, I think they said something like his average yards per attempt the last game was like six or something like that. So they just dink and dunk you to death, basically. It seems like... Even still, after, what, 15 years, that, that coaching staff is still evolving. And, and you wonder with how advanced they look right right now that they ever had down years. Yeah. Because I, I know their defense is probably better than it's been, you know, other than last year for the few years before that. 
But it's just like, how has this team never, you know, not been on the top every single year and been in the Super Bowl? They don't have that much for weapons on offense, and they mm-hmm. lost their two best corners, and it's probably the reason why they won the Super Bowl. But they're still right there and just crushing people. It's it's kind of surprising. Yeah, I think of that often, actually, when I look at the Patriots. When you see, like, 2005 and 2009 when they went 10-6, and six, I'm like, how the heck did they go 10-6? and six? How did they lose six games with how much better they were than everybody else? And granted, the AFC was a lot better back then, but still, they were better than all of those teams. You'd think that they're a shoo-in for 12-4 and four every year, and they pretty much have been since 2009. But, yeah, it's just kind of weird. All right, so let's get to a segment that we haven't done for a while, but it's one of my favorites. It's called Crossfire, and we haven't done one for a while. We have no game to talk about, and it's episode 100, so why not bring back one of our favorite segments? And that signifies the beginning of Crossfire, where Matt and I exchange topics in a rapid manner, as quickly as we possibly can. We get a little bit long-winded sometimes, but it's basically a random topic forum where we can bring up some uh, different things. And uh, we also got Daniel Johnson also answered one of our uh, questions on Facebook with a bunch of topics. And so we will, I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but we appreciate you contributing and we'll do our best to answer some of those as well. So Matt, do you want to start? Sure, I can go ahead here. Okay. Uh, my first question for you is, who has the most outdated uniforms in the NFL? So not bad, because uh, I think all four teams I'd probably say are the worst are like brand new, but uh-huh. so who are the most outdated? And I, you can choose somebody else, but I picked a few here. I, I okay. say in between Colts, Panthers, Bears, Rams, Jets, Broncos, or Titans. Okay. So I like most of those. Um... I'm not a huge fan of the Jets uniform. I know it's the throwback. That's why I threw that one in there. I kind of like them, but I know you're not a big fan. I would love for them to go to, like, the 1994 Jets uniforms with the black face mask and the green Jets helmet and the green. Yeah, I I really like those. I think the Panthers is actually a really good one that they kind of – it looks a lot like the 90s, and I think that's – Probably were the Titans uniforms and also the Broncos uniforms. They looked super modern in 1997 or 1999, and now they just look really dated. And they didn't age well like the straight stripe design that the Chiefs and the Packers and the Bears and all them have. I'll throw out the Raiders as well. I really like the Raiders uniforms, but when they're on, it looks like it's 1975. Sure, yeah. So, so who are you taking with your final pick there? I'll take the Jets. All right. I, yeah. Except when they wear green pants. <laughs> I like those, but like the all-white Jets are probably the most dated individual uniform. Yeah, I agree with you. The ones that were made to look really modern in the 90s with the weird kind of striping. So they don't look classic, but they're not modern anymore, and they all look kind of bad. So the Titans, Broncos, and I throw the Rams in there too, Rams, Panthers. Yeah. I, the Panthers are always kind of the one I think about, but I think if I could ch- take one team to change theirs, I'd probably pick the Rams. They've got mm-hmm. such good classic uniforms with the with the gold and blue or the yellow and blue. I love those uniforms. Yeah. To wear them for throwbacks, and I don't know why they don't wear them. That the gold and the navy and the white, I think, just looks terrible. I hate those jerseys. <laughs> I, I would make them change theirs first. Well, and they're one of the few teams that's holding out with the stupid polo collar that they instituted. Yeah, it and, help. yeah, it looks so stupid. I 
don't necessarily want anybody to lose their football team, but I'm sort of rooting for the Rams to be the ones to move to L.A. in hopes that they'll take back the old L.A. Ram uniform. Yeah, let's hope so. All right, I got a crossfire question for you that we were talking about in texts a couple weeks ago, but we'll talk about it on here as well. So which of these three scenarios is most likely to happen? Philip Rivers wins a Super Bowl, Tony Romo wins a Super Bowl, or neither wins a Super Bowl? I'm definitely going to go neither. I, I think that Romo's got a better chance, but he's probably going to be out for so long this year that they don't even make the playoffs. And if they do, it's going to be tough for him to get back on with him and an injured Des Bryant and a pretty strong contender in the NFC and the Packers. I don't know how that team gets over the hump of the Packers in yeah. the next couple of years before Romo retires. And Phillip Rivers doesn't have enough around him, at least defensively, to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm pretty confident in saying neither. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, too. That was a really good point about, you know, Romo is older than Rodgers, and the Packers match up with Dallas pretty well in almost every spot, and they're way younger in almost every one of those key positions. And so they're kind of holding out trying to catch the Packers, and I don't know if they ever will. And on the flip side, Phillip Rivers is probably holding out for Manning and Brady and them to get out of the way so he has a chance, but he might be too old by the time that happens. So, yeah, I don't think either will. Do you think, definitely not Romo, but do you think uh, Philip Rivers has an outside shot at, like, a Dan Fouts token Hall of Fame induction, like, 30 years down the road or not? Yeah, I think so. I, he's been kind of top five, top six for a really long time. He's been a really good player. And you look at most of the other quarterbacks that are on contending teams, and they're good, but not that great. But he was he's been pretty great. And, I don't know, he's been on some pretty average teams, so it's tough. But he's probably one of those guys that you look back at 20 years from now and say, like, wow, he was really good. Look at his stats. Look at his record. He was in the playoffs quite a bit. So mm-hmm. it, he's definitely not going to be a first ballot or first few years, I don't think. But he'll he'll get in eventually, I would think. Yeah, I think he's going to have to get in at least one more playoffs and do a bit more damage. Like a run. Yeah, like another AFC championship game or something in order if, to get that. If he can show his face in a Super Bowl, that might lock it up. Yeah, absolutely. Because... It's just such an oversaturated era as far as statistics are concerned. Although it might help him that he's going to get compared to Dan Fouts playing for the same Chargers and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I I doubt, I, I don't know, I, I doubt he'll get in. So I guess that's all I have. Uh, we can grab one of Daniel Johnson's sure. ones here. Um, I'll just pick one at random. So, actually, Matt, pick a number 1 through 14. I'm going to go with a 7. Okay. Is Andrew Luck as good as Colin Cowherd says he is? So I don't know what Colin Cowherd says because I haven't heard him speak in years. Oh, I know about it. But, I know about this. Well, then you can start. <laughs> yeah. So it, it drives me nuts, and I haven't listened to Cowherd that much, but when he was on ESPN, I would hear it occasionally if I was driving or something for work. And he literally thought, you know, for the last three years that Andrew Luck's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I always got so mad because he would always – it it probably wasn't on purpose, but me just being a Homer fan, it caught me wrong every time. He'd be like, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you you know, you got your Brady's, you got your, your Andrew Lux, you got your Payne Manning's, then he'd stop. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I'd get so frustrated. So I, I think clearly he's not as good as Colin Cowherd thinks because Colin Cowherd thinks he's the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. But I would say that I'm not ready to write him off yet. He could still be pretty good, but he sure hasn't looked good so far. Andrew Luck is so frustrating because... He's a polarizing guy in terms of fans and commentators and whatnot. There's so many people that want to put him into that elite 
category, the, the elitist of elite category, and he's clearly not there. If you watch the game, he's not even close to Rodgers or Brady or, or those guys. But he doesn't suck either. He's not overrated. He's overrated by those guys, but he's not overrated because people think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. He's having a rough season right now, but the skill set is there. When he's at his best, he's incredibly good. He makes a lot of throws that other guys can't make. He just is a little reckless with the ball. He's very much 1994 Brett Favre right now, and I think he's going to get better, but I'm I'm with you. The thing that bothers me about Cowherd and the reason I don't listen to him, because it's all of the things you described, it infuriates me. It's him, it's Skip Bayless. It seems like a lot of these media outlets have decided that they just don't like Aaron Rodgers for some reason. And again, like you said, maybe it's being oversensitive homers, but it irritates me to no end that people, there's still people that say like Tom Brady is this level and Aaron's not can't get above him and oh he's got four championships well three of them were 10 years ago so i i don't know but i agree i i don't think lux is good as cowherd says he is and i think they all ought to talk about aaron Rodgers more well i think that you hit it spot on the guys that you mentioned the skip baylesses and the colin cowherds is because i think 95 percent of the media is saying aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the nfl so those are the guys that just have to choose somebody different i yeah. think it's pretty much consensus that if that Rodgers is the best if he's not Brady is and I'm okay with that argument too but uh, yeah. there's nobody else yeah I would agree all right your turn all righty so this is a yes or no question and you can probably give some better insight on this with your uh watching of historical games here but nerdiness is Steve, yep <laughs> is Steve Smith the best small receiver of all time so I'm saying like five foot eleven and under okay well Trying to think. So we'll have to disqualify the guys from way long time ago because I'm not sure how tall a lot of those guys I, were. I looked up like Don Hudson and he was over six feet. Jerry Rice was over six feet, obviously. How yeah, big it, was Lynn Swan? He was taller, wasn't he? He's, it seemed like on those highlight films of him, him catching the balls in the Super Bowl that he was pretty tall. He probably, well, he could jump really high. I, <laughs> I got to look him up. So um, Lynn Swan was 5'11, 180 okay. pounds. So he's, he's, I put him in that category too as a small receiver. Yeah, I, I I might say that I think Steve Smith's a better receiver over a career value than Lynn Swan was. He he doesn't have the highlight package because he didn't play in as many Super Bowls and on as many great teams, but his numbers are way better than Lynn Swan's. Uh, granted, Swan played the first half of his career in the one of the worst times in NFL history to try to throw a football because of the way the defensive rules yeah, were, true. but I think he might be. I, I would need some time to kind of think about some other guys. Um like Marvin Harrison, how big was he? He had to be six foot. Yeah, close, but I didn't realize he was that small. So I'll I say would still pick Steve Smith over Harrison, though, I would think. Yeah, I think so, too, because I, I think he's shown more evidence for not being a product of a, of a great quarterback. He's been good with everybody, and the most effective he was was with Jake DeLome lobbing bombs to him. So um, I'll say that not only because um, I, I'm not – thinking of anybody right at the top of my head that I think is better than him, but also because I think he's he's a guy who really should go into the Hall of Fame, and I hope that he's not overlooked because we always talk about these receivers and stuff, and our criteria is dominance rather than statistics because of how many guys have statistics in this era. Well, who were you afraid of in 2005? Were you afraid of Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, or Steve Smith? 
Yeah, Steve Smith by far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'd kill you by himself. Yeah, and did. I mean, that 2005 playoff run that almost went to the Super Bowl, it felt like Jake DeLome and Steve Smith winning games by themselves. Yeah, and I'm going to agree, too, with that, because I, I, like you, I was trying to think of people, and I just don't think there is anybody. And he's so unique as a small receiver because he could still do everything because he was so strong and so fast, and he's still doing it now, and is basically the only receiver on a team with mm-hmm. a kind of a rough quarterback. And it's just kind of crazy to see him still doing this. At, I think he's like 35 or 36 now at this point, maybe even older. Yeah, at but, least. Well, 2001 was when he started. Yeah, I mean, he's so good, and... um yeah, I, I can't think of anybody else either. Linswan is a pretty good one, but I'd still probably put Steve Smith ahead of him. Yeah. So I, I, it's kind of hard when you're a small guy because you feel like you can't do some of the things the big guys could in, in terms of like being a Hall of Famer, but he really kind of has. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of a small receiver, like you don't really think of putting Wes Welker into the Hall of Fame, although he put up monster numbers. Yeah. Steve Smith was a much better, well-rounded receiver, so I think he's got to get in. Yeah, I, I sure would hope so. All right, so uh, my next crossfire is another one of these quarterback comparisons because I started thinking about, you know, Brady's getting older and Manning's getting older. You know, Rodgers is in his 30s now. Drew Brees, who knows how long he's going to last. And there's going to be kind of a void, and you start thinking about those second-tier quarterbacks that nobody really thinks are all that great, uh, that are good but not great. And you have Cam Newton and Annie Dalton. I, I guess... I'm trying to think who I should all include into that group. So we'll, we'll take Cam Newton, Andrew, uh, Andy Dalton. I'll add who else we got. I, I don't. Kaepernick, Russell Wilson. Yeah, let's. Well, not uh, not Russell Wilson, but we'll we'll say Kaepernick for now, and then we'll throw in any of the young guys like uh, Winston and and those kind of guys. So who do, who of those next tier quarterbacks do you think is most likely to win a championship in their career? So I guess anybody but the guys who have already won championships. Sure. And and I would say, yeah, I guess Andrew Luck can be included in that too because of how crappy his team is. Yeah, I I probably would choose Luck just for a career sake because I think he's the best. But I guess you think the odds-on favorites at this point are probably Andy Dalton and Cam Newton because they're on the best teams. Well, maybe you can't even say that about Cam Newton. He seems to be doing a lot by himself very yeah. unconventionally. But I am going to say... I think I'll say Andy Dalton just because I think he's got an outside chance in the next few years here with Brady going out. He's got a really good team around him. They're not super old or anything that once maybe the Patriots start falling by the wayside, they're slotting in as that best team in the AFC, I think. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think he's the best of the group, but he's probably got the best shot and a good young team around him. Yeah, I think that one has a has a chance. He seems kind of, I don't know. He's good, and this year could change everything if he continues on this. But if he goes back to being Andy Dalton, he feels like he has the shortest leash. Like, he could be Drew Bledsoe the easiest. Yep. That if he has an injury and somebody else comes in, that uh, he could have a you know chance of losing his job there. I'm going to actually say Cam Newton. Maybe I'm just imagining the him having a run like he did at Alabama, but... There's just something about that guy that he scares me in the playoffs, and he scares me this year that I just feel like if he can play long enough that somehow he'll figure out a way to win one. Yeah, and and you and just to be clear, you meant at Auburn, right? You don't want to make any oh, whoops, yeah, Auburn I fans did. upset. That's a, that could be a big mistake. Yeah, whoops, Scam Newton. That's what I think of him at Auburn. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, really, 
if you look at the current landscape of the NFC, it really seems like the Packers might be the only team right now that are better. And would you be super surprised if in an NFC championship game, the Panthers didn't upset the Packers mm-hmm. and, and then you get to play a weaker AFC team probably. So, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's got a shot in the next couple of years to definitely do that. Can't wait for that Panthers Bengals Super Bowl that we're going to get this year. Oh, gross. That'll be exciting. All right, uh, pick another number between 1 and 14. We'll take another Daniel Johnson. Uh, give me number two. Okay, number two. Why do they insist on showing Giants versus Cowboys nationally? Nobody knows is the answer to that one. <laughs> I feel like I've seen every Giants-Cowboys game. I hate it so much. Uh, I mean, it's clearly ratings-based. I'm sure if you look at the numbers, they probably get the best ratings, and that's it. But for the rest of us that don't want to watch that garbage, it's the worst. But they don't even give you an option. There was one other game during Cowboys-Giants, and it was the Raiders and Chargers. And so ne- you almost never get that. And the only time I remember it last year, I'm sure it happened other times, but was when the Packers and Patriots were playing. They had nothing else on the late schedule, and so you pretty much had to watch that one. But who didn't want to watch that one? Right. If you're not watching that game, you're not watching regular season football. But a bad Cowboys team with freaking Matt Castle at quarterback, and then they have Eli Manning. You know, the Giants are playing a little bit better this year, but it's not like they're world beaters and a, a team that – has done anything the last three years i know it's ratings but it's not just giants cowboys why do i have to watch half of the redskins eagles games too right. they, they just send us all the nfc east games it's so stupid i guess uh, there's no grand uh we don't know why but yeah it's, it's dumb yeah it's dumb. You're right Daniel. It's, <laughs> it's really stupid yeah all right it's your turn Alrighty, so I'll, I'll kind of go along the same lines of what you said, but I'm going to go with the older school quarterback. So if Aaron Rodgers hypothetically got injured here, who of the older quarterbacks would you take to replace him today? You get to choose between Carson Palmer, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning. Uh, this season only. This season only? Gosh, all of those guys I'm terrified are going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think, I guess Drew Brees. I don't know. He's kind of struggling. I want to say Carson Palmer, but um, I feel like he's not. Brees at this point in his career, I think, can make all of the throws to use a cliche. Whereas Manning kind of struggles a little bit, and Carson Palmer is a statue. Whereas I feel like Drew Brees could do that big play action boot bomb down the field, and he could make all the back shoulder throws, which Peyton used to be able to do, and. Carson's kind of the hot hand right now, but I think Drew Brees is still athletically the best of the three, and uh, you know he's played in an offense sort of similar to that, so I guess I'll take him. Yeah, I think I agree. I maybe I'm not picking Carson because I just haven't seen as much Cardinals football this year. I did watch that game the other night, but they just ran it a lot, so I was kind of hoping to see what they they had going on there, but. He might actually be my last pick just because I think that the other two guys can maybe do more with the less that we have right now. Mm-hmm. And you, you would think that, you know, with only Randall Cobb being your best receiver and not much else, I would think that Drew Brees might be your guy to do that. And maybe trust him a little bit more than Peyton's old, like, numb arm and hands. <laughs> so I, I think I would also say Brees. I hope that's how uh, Chris Collinsworth describes him on Sunday. <laughs> Here comes Manning. He's got a n- numb arm and hands. It would be a true statement. It would be, definitely. Okay, so I have one other one of these that apparently we're just going to talk quarterbacks today, but that's okay. So rank these former number one overall picks for how well your how well their careers went. Who's the best out of these? 
Vinny Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe, Michael Vick, Carson Palmer, Alex Smith. Ugh, man. All right, so Bledsoe gets to one Super Bowl, doesn't win it. Testaverde, no Super Bowls. Carson Palmer, nothing yet. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick, I would, I wouldn't put him in the conversation with those guys even really. I don't think. Who am I missing there? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. So ones. So these are all first round picks who are on that. They're not busts, but they're probably disappointing slightly to the teams who got them because they're not Elway and they're not Manning yeah. and they're not Troy Aikman. Well, I mean, especially a guy like Testaverde, he didn't last that long on his first team, did he? He kind of bounced around a lot. Um, five years, I think. I'm I'm kind of debating between Carson Palmer and Bledsoe, and man, that's really hard. I think I might say Palmer, although he had a, quite a lull in the middle of his career. He definitely did it at a high level longer than any of them. Mm-hmm. I think Bledsoe's peak was probably the best, and he made a Super Bowl, which maybe puts him ahead. But oh man, so he was only around really what for like seven years as a starter. Yeah, yeah, ninety four to two thousand one. Well, that's with the Patriots, but then he had he had that one really good year with the Bills. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'll say Bledsoe by a hair, but kind of. Palmer could leap him easily this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the Super Bowl that Bledsoe went to also, they they kind of lucked out that Denver got upset in the divisional round because yeah. it. I recently it watched... Jags to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I recently watched a bunch of those games from 1996, and the Patriots aren't even in the Broncos League. They would have lost by a million, I, I think, if they would have ended up playing. Yeah, um... I think I'm going to take Bledsoe also because he did go to the playoffs, what, three or four or five years with the Patriots, so there's something to that. Um, yeah, I don't think Vic... All these guys, what, maxed out at the championship game level. Testaverde went there with the Jets. Um, Vic lost to McNabb. Carson Palmer only went to the, the playoffs a couple times and got beat in the first round, and then Alex Smith almost went to the Super Bowl also. So I would say he's – I would almost take Vic over Alex Smith, I think. Because yeah, you're probably right. I mean, he, his one year with the Eagles and then a couple of the playoff runs oh, with I the Falcons probably bolts him above him. Yeah, and then I, I think I, Bledsoe is the best, probably Palmer next. Although Vinny gets points for longevity. Yeah. But outside of – 96, when he had a pretty good year with the Ravens, and then 98, he never really was... He always felt like a liability that they were waiting to replace. So I'll take Bledsoe also. Okay, let's let's do a few more of these Daniel Johnson ones. I'm just going to cherry-pick here, and we'll do some really uh, uh, rapid fire here. So should the NFL relocate the Jags to London? No. No. That seems really dumb to like have teams travel over there all the time. Yeah, although what they're doing right now seems to be working because it felt like the Jags were the home team on Sunday from what I saw. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just stuck in my ways. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to either. What is a catch? Nobody knows. That's getting really annoying. And uh, he also asked, are the referees too reliant on replay to bail them out? And I definitely think that yeah, is. Yeah, I think everybody thinks that's true. I, I still don't necessarily think replay is a bad thing, but it, they're definitely reliant on it. Did you see what game was that where they got the spot wrong? I think it was Jets-Patriots where they got the spot wrong, two obvious plays, one for each team, and, yeah, it's they're replaying everything. They're becoming obsessed with being perfect, and 
I just want you to call Jerry Rice's fumble in the 98 title game a fumble. I don't need you to say, well, we were an inch off on this spot or this catch in the second quarter for three yards needs to be reviewed. I mean, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. Uh, What's the best way to watch football on Sundays? Daniel says, I prefer the Red Zone channel. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to lean a little bit towards that way. I guess I, being old school, I prefer to watch maybe a full game through, but there's rarely a game on that catches my full attention that I just have to watch. Like, say, in the noon slot, if it's a Vikings-Lions or something like that, I kind of prefer the Red Zone channel because then you get to also see a little bit of every team that you don't normally get to watch, too, mm-hmm. not to mention you get to see the big plays. So I, I do agree with him. I like that. But if I can ideally get one really good game, I'd like to watch it through. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm starting to... Just look forward to the chaos of Sunday. And once you get to the late games, you're like, gosh, there's only four games going on? How boring. I do miss being able to just key in on two teams and and see who's going to win. But as far as on Sundays, yeah, I mean, and my basement's like a mini sports bar. I got Red Zone and both games on at the same time, and I'm just kind of walking around, pacing, looking at whatever's catching my interest. So uh, that's, (laughs) that's how I watch it. I'm probably alone in that in my home, but yeah. Um, let's see. That sounded really cocky of you, by the way. Well, you know, sometimes people just need a, a goal to shoot for. I'm just trying to offer that to everybody. <laughs> uh, do you connect anything football-wise? If so, what is that? I don't know what that means. Oh, collect, I think he meant oh, to say. Yeah, he meant to say collect. I think it auto-corrected. Okay. Do you uh, collect anything football-wise? If so, if it all NFL or just Packers, he's been collecting football cards. Well, I've brought up on here many times that I'm a collector of old game broadcasts, so I've been collecting those since I was in high school. It's getting to the point where I have hundreds of them, many of which I've never even seen before, but I like to, it's just kind of my own little library, so I'd be poking around on Pro Football Reference, and I'll see, hey, Tony Dorsett had 170 yards in this game, I wonder if I have it, and then I do, and then you can watch it. So that's what I collect. I'm not a memorabilia guy. I don't have that many Packers shirts. Um... The only thing memorabilia-wise that I collect is I save all the stuff that I have when I go to Lambeau Field, and I use that to decorate kind of my my man cave basement rather than buy a bunch of uh, autographs and stuff. But I'm not really into memorabilia or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, collected cards as a kid. We collected the, the starting lineups, but now uh, I just collect the game broadcasts. And you collect those little football – what are those called, those little tiny football guys? <laughs> I forgot about those. Yes, small pros. So I saw those. They're these little caricatures of NFL players that I don't think they make anymore, so that was a sad day for me. But I found them at Walgreens, and I just started buying them, and you don't know who you're going to get, so there's kind of the excitement there. So I have all of those sitting there, and, uh, yeah, so I, I have those. But I ran out of room, and they don't make them anymore, so that collection is complete, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't have anything I, I really collect. I do have all of the teams of those helmets. They're not, I don't know if you'd call them mini helmets. They're not the really small ones, but they're what, probably like five by five? Yeah, I think they do call those the mini helmets. They're, they're the ones that are on, you know, every, they used to sell them at Foot Locker, but like most of like yeah. Shields and that kind of place. So the ones that were like 30 bucks, but yeah. they're, I, yeah, I used to collect those, but I, I guess I stopped because I have them all now. Yeah. I just gotta find a place to put them up in my house, but that's really the only thing that I have. Yeah. Um, let's see, is there any other, oh, how about, did you like, this could be our last uh, crossfire on here, because this was one I wanted to ask, and then I forgot, so, did you like the old school NFL Blitz game, and so I want to ask that, but then also, what are some of your favorite NFL games ever? 
Oh man, so of, of course I liked the old school NFL <laughs> Blitz games. Those were a blast. They're they're weird and I don't know. They're not really like football that much, but they're still a lot of fun to like play with a friend or something. Yeah. And that, he probably means video games, right? So what's Correct. my favorite NFL video game? Yeah, NFL called? Monopoly is terrible. It's boring and the worst. <laughs> I would say um, number one would have to be Tecmo Super Bowl two for me because that's what I grew up on, and mm-hmm. well after it was outdated, I was playing that game. <laughs> But uh, the Maddens are always great. You had, you had a NFL quarterback club growing up, which was pretty good too. Yeah. But the Maddens, like the the early to mid two thousands Maddens, were awesome as well. Like the the oh four to oh six kind of range, I really liked. Oh, and Madden two thousand, I probably put in hundreds of hours <laughs> on that too. That yeah. actually might be my second. I'd say Tecmo two, and then Madden two thousand is my second. Yeah. Um. I liked all those games, but usually you had those and I didn't, so a lot of times I didn't play those quite as much. I do like NFL Quarterback Club. I, I want to play it now to see if we could finally figure out how to do the distance challenge on the Quarterback Club thing. Yeah, so hard. Yeah, we'd have Brett Favre, and then he'd stand there for 30 seconds and then just throw it 10 yards, and we'd always lose because of that stupid challenge. So that would be up there for me. Um, yeah, those those mid-2000s Maddens on like the, the PS2 or you had it on the GameCube. Those were awesome, just how easy they were to play, and they were really customizable, but like now it feels like it's over the edge. Like I feel overwhelmed when I put in Madden and I have to do the offseason. It's like, this is going to take me all night to do all this. And so that one, I also love the college football. Yes, those were awesome. Yeah, all of those were great. And the one where you could be you and... There was one year where it was like the race to the Heisman or chase the Heisman mode and you had a dorm and the better you got the better your dorm got and when you first started you had a picture of your girlfriend and she was ugly and then as you got better she got better looking until you got like the super hot one which I always I'm thought sure they got a lot of grief for that. I can't believe they thought that was a good idea. It was hilarious and we thought it was great but <laughs> Yeah. I know like, who okayed that. I can't believe the uh, NCAA was able to give them the license after that because <laughs> nowadays people would be up in arms and there'd be 60 articles about it. But I think back then people didn't get quite so easily offended. Yeah. All right, so that'll wrap up Crossfire. And uh, thanks, Daniel, for contributing there. Sorry we didn't get to all of your questions there, but uh, thanks for contributing. And uh, everybody, if you want to supply some of your answers to that or contribute to a future crossfire definitely go to the facebook page and do it there also there are now comments uh, available facebook comments under the episodes on the podbean page so you can do that as well matt we have a little bit of time left let's super rapid fire make our picks for this week and then uh, we'll be on out of here and look forward to sunday's game all right dolphins pats who you got pats all right i got the pats as well lions chiefs uh i think i'm gonna go Lions in this one. They're, these teams seem really similar, and I think the Lions, since they have one less win, are going to even out here. I'll go with Kansas City at home, I guess, just because the Lions keep disappointing me, and Kansas City looked halfway decent against Pittsburgh. The Chargers at the Ravens. Yeek. Yeah, this is another tough one with two teams that are kind of similar. Uh, the Ravens are just like slow. They'll put up, end up putting up like 21 points slowly over the course of the game, and the Chargers wait until the fourth quarter to do it all. Um, I think the Chargers are better. Yeah. Uh, man, that's really tough. And it's in Baltimore, though. I, I'm going to pick San Diego. I think they could still maybe make a push for the playoffs. I'm going to pick San Diego also. I'm tired of waiting for Baltimore to get good because yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're that good. No. The Cardinals at the Browns. I'll, I'll go Cardinals. I will go Cardinals as well. Vikings at Bears. 
Ooh. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Bears here. I, I don't know. I don't think the Vikings are that much better than Chicago, and it's at home. It seems like a game the Bears will win. Yeah, and the the Bears are coming off of a bye week too. Um, the Bears are just so darn bad though. I'll take the Vikings, uh, just because you know they have such a good defense. The Bengals at Steelers, which should be good. Big Ben might play. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Bengals. It sounded like. Big Ben was going to play, and then apparently I heard today they weren't overly optimistic he could play. So based on the game that when we picked them to win, because we weren't sure, I'm going to do it the opposite way this time, because if Landry Jones plays, they're going to lose for sure. Yeah. And even if Big Ben plays coming off an injury, it's going to be tough. So I'll take Cincy. Yeah, I'll take Cincy too. I think that their run has got to end sooner or later. But, you know, this seems like the kind of game they might trip up and lose. But just with the uncertainty, I'll take the Bengals as well. Titans at Texans. Who cares but who's going to win? Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds like Mariota's hurt now. I think Houston will win this one. They they got rid of their terrible quarterback, who's been causing problems. <laughs> They're probably pretty close to the same, but uh, I think just because Mariota's hurt, I think I'll take Houston. Yeah, and I think they might have a Dan Campbell-like effect getting rid of Ryan Mallett because he just yeah. sounded like the biggest turd in the world and everybody hated him. So <laughs> I didn't see Hard Knocks. i gotta got to watch that still, but I heard he was pretty terrible on that, and he's just been bad throughout the whole year. Yeah, and it's hard to play on a team when they're – playing the yo-yo with your quarterback and so now they can kind of commit and granted they lost Arian Foster too but I'll take the Texans at home the Giants at the Saints um I I think I like New (laughs) I said New I could stop at that because I I don't know who I want yeah uh I I think I'll take the Saints again I think they're pretty similar teams kind of older quarterbacks that are decent without too much around them right now um and I guess yeah I'll pick the Saints whatever yeah, I'll take the Saints just because I think law of averages would say that the New Orleans has to start winning more at home eventually, so I'll I'll take them, and I'm not that impressed with the Giants. The 49ers at Rams. I am going to take the uh, the Rams here, I think. I'm still holding on to that wild card bid that we both gave them, and I, I think they're just slightly better. <laughs> yeah, I'll take them, and Todd Gurley might be the best running back in the NFL already. Yeah, I, you can't say that yet, but he, I mean, talent-wise, he's definitely got it. it. It'll be interesting to see how he finishes the year. He could be at the top of the rushing list, and he missed a few games. Yeah, and I wonder if he's that much better than Melvin Gordon, or just he's on a team that understands running the football better than the Chargers. I think both. Yeah. I think he's probably a little better, but I, the Chargers can't seem to... They And they never had. They had Ryan Matthews, and they couldn't block for him. They don't seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of the entire history of the Chargers outside of the Bobby Ross years. Yeah. The Buccaneers at Falcons. Uh, I'll take Atlanta. I'll take Atlanta too, but I would not be that surprised if somehow they lost this one. They're, they just don't seem to be playing that well, and I think Tampa's going to surprise some teams. They're better than uh, their record, I think. Yeah, they're definitely that team that's going to finish like 6-10, and 10, but they're going to have a couple of good wins on their resume. Yeah, absolutely. The Jets at Raiders. Oh, man. Jets coming off a letdown maybe against New England, and, and Oakland's been winning, but I, I think the Jets are quite a bit better, though. I, I'll stick with them here, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders at home. I think that they're going to feel pretty good about themselves after dismantling the Chargers in San Diego, and you know the Jets coming cross-country after that loss, so I'll, I'll take the Raiders. Plus, we need some variance in our picks. We've picked two Yeah, we've similar. got a lot this week. We're going to... Yeah. You're either going to get a way big lead on me, or I'm going to close the gap here. Yeah, or a combo of both. thanks that was very obvious by me or maybe not that maybe something else okay the seahawks at the cowboys um seahawks yeah agreed the colts at panthers on monday night football 
It should be a good one. I I keep expecting Luck to have his bounce back game, and he will. But it, it's tough against a good Carolina defense with a good secondary. I think I'll pick the Panthers. Yeah, I the Panthers I don't think are as good as their six and zero record, and they played a lot of bad teams. But I think the Colts fit quite nicely in that bad team portfolio they're building. The Colts just stink this year. Okay, and then the big one: the Packers at the Broncos. Oh man, this one's gonna be tight. I I'm. I feel like I probably should pick Denver. Just being in Denver, I don't like our matchup against our offense, against this defense, but it sounds like Lacey's a little bit healthier now. Devontae's going to play. I just, man, I, I don't know. It's really tough. I feel like Payton's got more weapons, and their defense is a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I just have that faith in Rodgers that he's going to just do enough to beat them. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'll probably be like 24-20, kind of lower scoring for some high-powered offenses, but I think the Packers do it. Yeah, I... I share all the the concerns that you had. I'll take the Packers as well, maybe just for faith about how good they've been after the bye. They the last six years they're six and zero after the bye, and they win by an average score of thirty four to fourteen. And I think with two weeks and guys getting healthy with Rodgers and McCarthy and that coaching staff, I think they'll find a way to attack this Denver defense. And it. It's going to be tough, but I think they can do it. It's not going to be like when they kick the crap out of the Texans back in 2012, you know, when they were the number one defense. But I think they can. I think they can win. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for our 100th episode. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I would say that there are probably many within the other 99 episodes that were better than today. But you know, I don't know. I think top 10. <laughs> top 10. Okay, well, it's at least top 100. I would say it that much. <laughs> All right, so thank you, everybody. Uh, Like I said, you can now add comments on the Podbean page, and there might be some other changes uh, coming to that site soon as there's some new options that are available there. Also, I'm in the process of getting together the What If archive so that uh, you don't have to log through a bunch of uh, other stuff if you just want to hear the the What If topics. So I'm uh, in the process of creating those, so look for that soon on the website as well. And uh, also... uh, the Crossfire log as well is going to be put up. So for Matt in Altoona, this is Eric in Appleton. Um, don't forget to go to the website and the Facebook page. And then also, have to add my plug here, going to be on KZ Radio again this Friday. So check out that, uh, some of the best hits of the 80s and 90s. And if you like any of the songs at the beginning of our podcast, you'll definitely like that station. So done with the plugs. I hope the pack can win this weekend, obviously. And uh, it's going to be one of the most exciting games in the NFL all year. So uh, I'm going to try my best to enjoy it, even if we lose. So uh, have a good week, everybody. Take care.